Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. This is Series XM Progress. I'm John Fugelsang. Welcome back to the never-ending love fest that is Tell Me Everything. Bringing good trouble to the right-wing bubble. I hope all you all had a wonderful Easter weekend and Passover, Ramadan, whatever you celebrate. I hope it was great. hope you kept it safe. I was down south in the beautiful state of Florida over the weekend for my mother-in-law's birthday and Easter as well. We went to, uh, my mother-in-law lives in, uh, in Gainesville, Florida, which is a... Uh, Tom Petty's hometown. I know that's the first thing that came into your mind. We uh, went to church. I still want to say mass all the time because I'm raised Catholic. We went to church at the United Church of Gainesville on Easter Sunday, and they have a beautiful banner outside that's uh, totally just responding to Ron DeSantis's stupid law with love. The banner is rainbow flag, and it says United Church of Gainesville. We say gay and trans. Well, I posted a picture of this, and let me just tell you, I had almost a million impressions on Twitter, and I never knew how fake Trump Christians were until I put down something nice about Jesus-loving gay people on Easter Sunday. Boy, howdy. They went nuts, and that's our job here. Bring good trouble to the right-wing bubble, and for the next three hours, we're going to be coming at you with some terrific guests. Rhonda Handsome will be with us, the wonderful comedian Clint Rainey of Fast Company is here to talk about this insane new Harris poll showing 33% of millennials right now, one third of millennials already are supporting a cap on personal wealth in the U.S. Yes, a maximum wage. What's that going to look like in a couple of years? Chris Hauselt is our executive producer running this thing from the South Carolina studios. The great Thea Harper is producing this show from Brooklyn. I come to you from Manhattan. We are not in the Howard Stern Tower tonight. Hopefully back uh, back home next week. In the meantime, strap yourselves in. We got a great one. We got a fun one. And we have, I'm afraid to tell you, a lot we need to process tonight. It's been a crazy day. The Nashville Metro Council just voted to reinstate Tennessee State Representative Justin Jones, one of the two expelled from uh, the deeply racist Republican State House last week. Also, this big detailed leak of documents about Ukraine and the allied efforts to repel Russian invasions has sent Ukraine leadership back to the drawing board. A Virginia grand jury indicted the mother of that six-year-old boy who shot his teacher earlier in the year. The FBI is now warning travelers against using phone charging stations in airports and other public areas. 
calling them an easy way for hackers to compromise your security. Unless they have ExpressVPN, of course, but we'll probably get to that later on. And so much more we need to cover, including uh, the fact that 200-plus pharmaceutical executives have now jointly criticized a Texas judge's ruling on abortion pills, saying it creates uncertainty that could ripple through the entire industry. It's also stupid and has nothing to do with Christianity. And Joe Biden told Al Roker he plans on running for re-election in 2024, but he's not prepared to announce it yet. You got that? He announced it and said at some point in the future... He'll announce it. Let's do a show. We're at 866-997-4748. So, yeah, there, there's there's a, a lot to get to here. The shooting this morning at Old National Bank in Louisville left at least four people dead. It was the 146th mass shooting in the United States this year, according to the Gun Violence Archive. We're only 10 days into April. This is the 146th mass shooting. Kentucky Governor Andy Bashir had a very emotional press conference and said our bodies and our minds are not meant to go through these kinds of tragedies. Here is Governor Andy Bashir discussing the mass shooting in Louisville this morning, pointing out that he was friends with several of the victims. This is awful. I have a very close friend who didn't make it today. And I have another close friend who didn't either, one who's at the hospital, that I hope is, is going to make it through. So when we talk about praying, I hope people will. For those that we are hoping can make it through, the surgeries that they're going through, then we've got to do what we have done these last three years after everything. We've got to wrap our arms around these families. And to everybody who needs it, don't be afraid to get some help. Our bodies and our minds are not meant to go through these types of tragedies. And so I hope that all the brave officers that stepped into the line of fire and are worried about one of their fellow officers will reach out for help when they need it. I hope every one of those bank employees and folks in that building, one that I know well, and my AG campaign was out of that building. I know virtually everyone in it. That's my bank. I hope that they will all reach out and get the help that they need. There are a lot of people that are hurting today. And if we have a place to focus our energy, I hope it is to surround them with the love and the compassion uh, that we have been so good at showing uh, one another. I want people to know that while today is a horrific act, I do believe that this is a safe community with officers doing their very best each and every day. And that's what we saw here. He's a really good man and a really good governor. And Andy Bashir, of course, is ruled by a gerrymandered Republican supermajority in his beautiful state of Kentucky. So there's nothing he can do about gun safety legislation. Last month, Tennessee's governor, Bill Lee, also lost a close family friend to a mass shooting at Nashville's Covenant School. You'll remember that. That's already last month. Bill Lee (laughs) took days to show up in front of the media and address the shooting. And he never even used the word gun when he did it. Rest in peace, Tommy Elliott, Joshua Barrick, Jim Tutt, and Juliana Farmer. All of their deaths were needless, stupid, evil, and preventable. Nine people were injured, including two Kentucky cops. The police say the Louisville shooter, who had worked in the bank in the past, died at the scene. Now, here's the thing. The number of children in this country dying from guns 
keeps going up. And I want to hear Democratic politicians talk about this. I want to hear them lean on it. I'm sorry. I Look at how much good has come from Democrats leaning on the abortion issue. Gun deaths among America's kids rose 50% in the last two years. That's the new Pew Research Center report that came out last week. More children and teens were killed by guns in 2021 than in any year since 1999, when CDC first began tracking this data. Now, the majority of adult gun deaths we know were by suicide. We know that. That's fine. But children and teens killed by gunfire are more likely to die by homicide. And here's the deal. Our life expectancy in this country has been falling. In 2019, the average American would live to be 79. By 2021, the average American was living to be 76. Why is that? Well, it's because of COVID. It's because of drug overdoses. And it's because this country collectively finds all this gun violence acceptable. In Australia, 83 is the life expectancy. In Britain, 80. Here, it's gone down three years to 76. They don't have the guns, folks. They got the COVID. They got the drugs. They got the violent video games. They don't have the guns. The high number of young deaths in the U.S. is bringing down the country's overall life expectancy. And last year was the most violent year in schools, again, since 1999. We had 46 shootings in schools last year. The most recent one being the Covenant Christian School in Nashville just two weeks ago. The rise in child deaths, the rise in teen deaths from firearms mirrors the overall increase in gun deaths in America. It's really proportionate. There were 48,830 gun deaths of Americans in 2021. I'm going to say that again. And I know, right-wing friends, a lot of it's suicide. I know. 48,830 gun deaths. That's up 23% from 2019. Just put it this way. This was in Axios today. One in 25 American kindergartners will not live to see their 40th birthday. And what happens when you try and talk about the morality of all this? What happens when you try and talk about the smart economics of all this? You want to come take my guns? You know, right? Hey, maybe we could do something to make it less easy for mentally unstable 21-year-olds to get their hands on AK-40. Say, you come take your sweet asshole. Look, can I, let, let's just say it once and for all, okay? No one wants your gun, Skeeter. No one's trying to confiscate all 300 million guns in America. The Democratic Party can't even get a background check law passed that 90% of Americans want. Most Americans want universal background checks, including the majority of NRA members. People want to close the gun show loophole because that's how thousands of criminals get their guns. That's how tons of legal guns become illegal. And that's something we don't talk about in this country. What does it take for a legal gun to become illegal? So background checks only infringe on your Second Amendment rights if you're a felon or a terrorist or criminally insane. And if you're all three, you most likely already work for the NRA or the Alex Jones show. <laughs> guns don't kill people, but NRA people who own Congress people make it easier for deranged people to get guns and kill the innocent people. I mean, the Aurora shooter was able to legally buy 6,000 rounds of ammo online and Tommy Chong went to jail for selling bongs. <laughs> and if you don't like bans on assault weapons, then get a time machine and go back and retroactively impeach Ronald Reagan, who supported the last very effective 1994 assault weapons ban. We have no way of measuring how many Americans are alive now who wouldn't be if we hadn't done it. But again, the Democrats and Republicans behind that were just a little bit more pro-life. 
It's violent movies and video games. No, Japan and Australia have the same violent movies and video games, substantially fewer gun deaths because they protect their citizens with responsible gun laws. The NRA came out against the U.N. arms treaty. It was Iran, Syria, North Korea and the NRA. The NRA fights to save easy access to kill machines while real patriots are fighting to save American lives. I'm going to say that one more time. If you're out there fighting for 21-year-old males like Kyle Rittenhouse to own AR-15s, don't come at me saying you're pro-life. And seriously, seriously, don't you ever come at me saying you're a patriot. Okay? It's really simple. You're you're not. If you think that cops should have to face (laughs) AR-15s... Come at us. Let's talk about the morality of all this one. Oh, you're just exploiting a tragedy, exploiting a tragedy. No, we're trying to prevent the next tragedy. And again, when we talk about the NRA, we're not talking about the members. The 2012 poll, Frank Lundstedt of the NRA, 87% said they believed Second Amendment freedom went hand in hand with preventing gun violence. That's good responsibility. The gun for many is entertainment. And no one's going to come for your entertainment, Skeeter. This government can't even make deadbeat dads pay their child support. They're not coming for your guns. And if they did, by the way, who are you going to shoot? You're going to shoot the cops when they come? You're going to shoot the soldiers when they come? You think you could bring an Uzi to a drone fight? Now, here's the deal. I want to give you a little quick little Bible lesson, because right away after the shooting today, we began seeing all over the place. Luke 22. Luke 22. And let me explain that story, because it might come in handy for the Christians or the atheists or sane people of any faiths, because the right-wing Christian gun nuts, this is their favorite new piece of ammo to prove you can be a follower of Jesus while also enjoying weapons designed to kill lots of people in a very short amount of time. Luke twenty-two thirty-six, And it's the mantra for fun-loving, gun-loving, father-in-the-son-loving Christians. Whatever you think of religion, you will encounter this talking point. This is part of Luke's account of what happened to Jesus. Easter weekend, right before the Roman soldiers came, the night of Holy Thursday to arrest him. The Roman soldiers arrested him. The Roman soldiers put him in a Roman prison and they killed him with a Roman crucifix, or as Glenn Beck puts it, killed by the Jews. So in Luke twenty-two thirty-six, Jesus tells his apostles, he that hath no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. That's the quote. They're engraving Luke twenty two thirty six on the side of guns now in our country. This might surprise some of you who don't remember the part in the Bible where Jesus turned water into whoop ass. But go ahead. Go search Luke twenty two thirty six on Twitter. You will see thousands of Christians throwing this around like the last part of the Second Amendment, conveniently forgetting about that well-regulated militia part. Because, again, it suits the right-wing taste just fine as long as you don't read the rest to put it all into context. They're trying to say that Jesus is pro-gun, the modern-day sword. But what's actually happening in the story is Jesus is talking about prophecy and being a criminal. Because as soon as Jesus throws down the line about buying a sword, he adds, They only need the swords because the prophecy says they're meant to be criminals. For I say unto you that this that is written must yet be accomplished in me. And he was reckoned among the transgressors. Okay, right-wing douchebags, he's not talking about defending yourself. He's talking about having a sword as a prop so he can get arrested to fulfill the prophecy. <laughs> I mean, this is it, right? Like, that's that's the whole story. And so, again, when the jackbooted thugs of the Roman Empire finally show up, does Jesus shoot anybody? No. Does he resist? Does he defend himself? No, not at all. He surrenders. And he tells his followers very bluntly <laughs> that they have to not draw their swords. In fact, Peter pulls a sword out and cuts off someone's ear and Jesus reattaches the ear. And then he says to them all, once again, he that lives by the sword dies by the sword. I mean, in, in fact, if you actually read it, 
when when Jesus says you have to sell your cloak and buy a sword, the apostles say, hey, Jesus, we already got two swords here with us. And Jesus says, oh, well, that's enough. He never sends them out to buy a sword. No one buys a sword. And again, Jesus says, those who live by the sword shall die by the sword. In other words, my Judeo-Christian friends, Jesus never comes out against owning swords, but he comes out pretty hard against using them. Of course, if Jesus had an AK-47, he could have mowed down the Romans, never been crucified, never had a religion named after him, and none of us would have to know who Pat Robertson is. So just remember, guys, the best weapon for refuting these Bible thumpers tends to be the Bible itself. And you don't need to believe in it to thump the Bible thumpers with the Bible, because this character of Jesus, not pro AR-15. And it proves the only way you can cling to both a Bible and a gun is if you totally agree to not read the Jesus parts. Here endeth the lesson. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Let's go to the phones, 866-997-4748-866-997. Grit is our number. Brian in Oregon, how are you, sir? Hi, John. Great, uh, Hi. great intro monologue. Thank you. Fabulous. Unhinged uh, rant we go by. Uh, unhinged rant we go by. Cynical and stupid. I go back to, I think it's the, the seminaries and teach all these people how to bastardize things. That's my theory. Maybe. I mean, look, I, you know, look, I've known plenty of great Christian people. I've known plenty of great Muslim people, plenty of great Jewish people. What I find generally in the religions is the liberals, the moderates, even the nice conservatives, they're fine. It's the fundamentalists of all the religions. I always say well, this. I wouldn't condemn all the seminary, but they're obviously, you know, like all the Muslim mullahs or what are the schools that, that teach the children, you know, teach kids and all that. You know, there's some that in like from in Saudi Arabia do the... Uh, Wuhadism and uh, yeah. that kind of stuff. But again, like, but this is the thing. Fundamentalist Christians have more in common with fundamentalist Muslims than they do with moderate or liberal Christians. I mean, they exactly. all believe in the same thing. The, the fundamentalists of all the religions, women second-class citizens, sex is bad unless it's for procreation, gay is evil, violence is okay if my side does it. I mean, it's like this same religion, just with different hats. Yeah, I agree. But also, John, I was calling, too, about um, my thought over the weekend was that uh, I had thought of, like, a memorial uh, Vietnam-type wall in the Capitol Rotunda of all the faces with the birthday and death day of all the kids slain in schools from Columbine 
through Nashville, and all these wingnut Republicans and everybody would have to walk past this memorial wall. Mm-hmm. But it wouldn't have, you know, I don't know if it would be permanent or anything, but I think it would be, and I don't know what legally about photos of the kids that have to be parental approval or all that kind of stuff. It might be uh, more powerful than what the gun does to the children. I mean, you know, I, I, I get what you're saying and I respect it. I think, though, that we need to Emmett Till this thing. We need to take a page out of Emmett Till's mom's book and let Americans start to see what a child's body looks like after an AR-15 liquefies it. Yeah, I agree, too. I, I'm kind of torn between the both. I mean, it could be interesting to have a wall, uh, have it both uh, before and after death photos on the yeah, wall. Yeah, I agree but, um, completely. And my other thought I had is I think need, the protests need to start surrounding the gun manufacturers' yes. offices, buildings, yeah. and factories, and till no end, you know? Cause well, now you're nailing it, all, yes. Because now all the uh, all these protests with these Republican state houses, it's just kind of like beating your head against the damn wall. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I was thinking about that. Oh, the this Easter weekend, I guess. But again, these Republican legislatures, they're, they're going so far to the right, so recklessly MAGA, with all of this abuse of gay people, all of this abuse of uh, abortion rights, and, and all of this, like, this ridiculous, ridiculous refusal to do anything to make our cities safer from guns. They just don't care. They just yeah. don't. Well, the, you know, dead that, kids are the price that the rest of us have to pay. So, uh, so, so civilians can own an AR-15. Other countries don't have this problem. We do because enough white guys have decided the dead kids are worth it. I don't yeah. think the dead kids are worth it, man. Oh yeah, I just just so fucking obscene. And I, I think to the uh, the putting a human wall around these factories for a while, at least a day or two or something like that, would be a pretty uh, heavy statement. I think. What do you mean? Well, I just think it would bring a huge light on the basically the people that are making the killing machines, and they can't at least be doing it with impunity and without. I would even take pictures of the people going in and out of the factories yeah, and a good office point. buildings and whatnot. I think what we're going to see is class action suits against the gun manufacturers, not unlike what we saw against the uh, cigarette manufacturers a generation ago. I think it's going to happen. Yeah, I hope so. The, the, the fact, here's the deal, Brian, you know this. There's more of us than them. There's more of us who think it's worth having the death rate go down if it means a few white men don't get all the fucking toys they want. Yeah, it is. Without confiscating it any weapons, without, without, without confiscating any the, weapons uh, from anyone, I don't support that. Yeah. You know, again, we're not going to take anybody's guns away, but it comes down to what's going to be sold in the future. And look, I'm a big, big fan, and I'm going to keep on saying it. Let's agree that maniacs should have to reload after 12 rounds. I think then yeah. you then you can tackle a guy. But yeah. if think you think a maniac rounds. should be able to fire 50 rounds, 100 rounds without reloading, then you're part of the problem. And the murders are acceptable to you. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that's what's rolling about. And my other thought, too, was I think of, in terms of uh, all this pro-life and abortion stuff, I think they ought to be protesting around Leonard Leo's house in the um, Heritage Foundation. Yeah, he's not famous enough for that yet. He's 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 too abstract. He's not famous enough for it yet. (laughs) You know, but I can't wait to find out. I can't wait to find out what happens with Clarence Thomas's best friend, Harlan Crow, who has been bribing Clarence Thomas. And now it turns out that Harlan Crow is a big old fan of collecting Nazi memorabilia. (laughs) <laughs> he has a statue in his backyard. 
Yeah, uh, just incredible. I mean, these people are horrible. Leonard Leo spent 31 million packing state courts with right wing judges and his Federalist Society racket raised billions to buy Supreme Court seats. And one of those is Clarence Thomas, who the Nazi lover has been taken on vacation. I mean, again, the, these <laughs> Neil Gorsuch is sitting in a stolen seat. Okay, the first black president wasn't allowed an up or down vote on his duly appointed nominee. Kavanaugh lied. Um, yeah, Gorsuch or uh, Coney Barrett was on the three. Coney uh, Barrett the lied. Was already started. Yeah, Alito lied as well. They all said it's settled law, it's settled law, it's settled law, and then they unsettled it. And now, yeah. well, you know, Donald Trump promised it. It'll just it'll it'll only be it'll only be for the states. It's not going to be for the rest of the country. It's just going to be for the states. And now we see these godless motherfuckers trying to take abortion rights away from women, trying to ban the sale of mifepristone in every state, trying to stop people from crossing state lines to have a legal abortion, man, none of them have read the Bible. None of them care what Christ actually talked about. Their Bible is this thing where Jesus cares a lot about putting women in jail for abortions and they're better than you. That's right-wing yeah. Christianity. That's where we're at. That's what we're up yep. against. My thought is uh, also, in my mind now, I'm starting to think that they're not Trump's judges. They're really Leonard Leo's and uh, McConnell's yeah. court. Oh, you're, you're exactly right, Brian. We've got to hit a break, like, but every uh, time I hear uh, someone say like... But every time I hear someone say Donald Donald Trump's Supreme Court pick, and it never was. And it wasn't George Bush's Supreme Court pick either. It was the Federalist Society Supreme Court pick, and they handed Trump and Bush a piece of paper with a name on it. That's the truth, Ruth. Got to go, Brian. You're a gentleman. I thank you very much. If you're still on hold, stay there. We want to talk to you. We'll be right back. And I am so excited for our next guest. We talked about the Fast Company poll. It's crazy that one-third of millennials already support a cap on personal wealth in the U.S. When we come back, we'll be joined by the great Clint Rainey to talk all about it. This is Progress. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is SiriusXM Progress. So, you know, we talk a lot about a minimum wage in America as Income inequality gets worse, and it's really not even income inequality, is it? It's dramatically uneven income growth. Every society has income inequality. Communism has income inequality. But America, since Reaganomics, dramatically uneven income growth. And as we see the gap between the haves and have-nots get wider, as the middle class becomes the top of the bottom, more and more people are going to be saying, wait a second, what, what, what about a maximum wage? 
you know, we've got friends on the John Nichols of the nation who'll say, yeah, let's tax billionaires at 100%. I think that's a bit harsh. I think you could tax billionaires at 95% after the first billion and then 95% of that. In case you don't know, it's actually really easy to find a decent two bedroom apartment if you only have a billion dollars. But this new poll by Fast Company Harris, it really supports the idea of a cap on personal wealth in the U.S. The findings show that one third of millennials support this idea, and it's significantly higher than any other age group. It's a fascinating poll, and it raises a lot of questions about the attitudes of younger people towards wealth, towards outrageous economic inequality, and of course, towards what we could do as a society to make things better. Because Eisenhower, the last Republican to actually balance a budget, he taxed the rich and it worked out just fine and the rich did great. So I'm so thrilled to have Clint Rainey on the show. He's a contributing writer at Fast Company. He's written about this new Harris poll they've commissioned on personal wealth. And the article is great. I've already tweeted it out. It's called Millennials are more likely than other generations to support a cap on personal wealth. Mr. Clint Rainey, what a pleasure to welcome you to Sirius XM. Hey, John, thanks for having me on. Thanks very much. Um, Totally fascinating. This poll, I mean, I know one third might not sound like a lot, but one third of any demographic believing in some sort of maximum wage sounds revolutionary to me. Right. And I I think you kind of hit um, the the nail on the head when you were talking about we support this idea of a minimum wage, but the idea of a maximum wage, there's just something very un-American, right, about that concept. And um, for one third of 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 a, of a you know a generation that is um uh kind of the 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 center part of the workforce slowly becoming at least right as as baby boomers start to retire um it, it starts to it it suggests that uh you know the future of the workforce may have different ideas about um you know what the the ideal the american ideals are um as we you know look forward Absolutely. Well, we keep hearing all the time millennials are the first generation to have a lower standard of living than the generation that came before. And like I'm over here with Gen X being like, what the fuck? We're right here, people like that happened to Gen X already. We're on our second generation now to have a lower standard of living. And as you point out in the piece, millennials have experienced slower economic growth than any other generation. So why should we we be surprised that this demographic is going to at some point decide there's a better way to do business here? Right. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I don't know if, if it's worth quickly diving into the specifics from the poll because very much, please. Okay, because I think that they really tease that out. You know, 33% of millennials support this idea of a wealth cap. Um, but the rest of the poll just effectively moves, it decreases by age the way that you would expect it to. Um, you know, Gen Z, the, the generation below millennials, below millennials was 26% of them agreed that Americans' wealth should be capped. Um, but then, you know, skip right past millennials and you get you get to Gen X, 17%, baby boomers, 7%. And then the silent generation, you know, effectively the group that was born between the two world wars is, is yeah. at a meager 2%. Um, and, and I think that that, the, that trend line is sort of what you would expect to see. Uh, but yeah, but you have this this spike in the you know late twenty to early forty something range uh, of of people saying no. Actually, maybe there should be an absolute cap on the amount of money that people in America uh, should be able to have. Let me ask you a question. How, how, what do the numbers look like for how young people view this boogie word uh, socialism? 
Um, I'm very curious how people who weren't alive during the Cold War feel about this word now that uh, we really see it only uh, we really only see it demonized by people who tell you that the Iraq war and President Trump are a good idea. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, I, I think that. You know, I, I mean, you can usual caveats about any kind of survey, right? That it's just one, one survey, one set of questions, whatever. But it's always useful to look for patterns that you can identify in in polling. And for the last handful of years, there has been a trend in the younger generation of Americans expressing more positive feelings. Let's call it, let's call it um, towards socialism, more negative views of capitalism. Um, <clears throat> It's a, I mean, I guess I should caution about reading too much into that, but, you know, there, there was sort of famously this poll in 2019 that was by YouGov and then the Victims of Communism Memorial Foundation. So it's one that you would expect wouldn't want these findings to have come out of it, but they found right. that the capitalism and socialism were viewed kind of on equal footing by millennials and Gen Z, you know, about 50% negative, 50% positive feelings for both. So, you know, could go either way, basically, on whichever um, of those two was uh, was the way things went in 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 society. Um, well, I mean, let me ask you: for those who knows, for those who know what those words actually mean, are there any national figures, uh, Clint, who are calling for the privatization of? Uh, I'm sorry, for the nationalization of private business. I mean, are there any any major figures calling for that? Because I don't actually see a lot of real socialism. I just see no. capitalism with empathy rearing its ugly head. I mean, I'm I'm sure that you know you have your Bernie Sanders types out there, and that's probably as close as as any mainstream U.S. politician gets to this idea that you know that that wealth is something that that the government should be allowed to put a figure on on yeah. on a max for so I, I i have to ask you about this then because i i learned in your piece i mean obviously millennials have going through the slower economic growth than any other generation in history and it's led to worse earnings less overall wealth and higher debt so i'm curious based on the polling what 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 kind of feelings of resentment do millennials have compared to previous generations i mean i, I that's hard to, I am a millennial. So, you know, there's a part of me that in some ways has to keep my own personal uh, viewpoint out of a story like this, because I can, I can firsthand relate to the feelings of, will I ever own a home? Um, yeah. You know, the, the stuff that my parents, um, my own family, my dad you know, went to, to, to school, to graduate school even, but, you know, I had friends whose, whose parents were, um, they were not even college graduates, but they owned their home. And then, and then they, my friends went to, went to college and the parents were able to pay for that. And like the idea that my generation will be able to do that uh, seems almost impossible to comprehend. Um, but I don't know to, 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 to talk about it in, in a way that puts my own personal feelings aside, um, is tougher, but I think that, (laughs) you know, that they, there, there is some sort of an objective, um, proof you can point to that they, that the millennial generation feels like it's getting a raw deal here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not wrongly. Absolutely. So I, I I have to ask you then, because this is fascinating to me. And again, like, you know, I'm wondering now, I'm going to quote you from the piece because I, I, I love the writing. 
But you say, during this period, our young adults' feelings about socialism have hovered around 50% positive for a decade. But during this decade, their views of capitalism have also sunk to where capitalism and socialism now sometimes tie in popularity in polls of millennials and Gen Z. The two groups view free enterprise and small businesses favorably, but express concern about companies getting too big or wealthy and seem all right with the idea of government checking that power. I mean, that to me, that's the conservative point of view. That's Adam Smith. That's FDR. But I'm curious, I, I want to talk about with you about if there were a cap, what should the max be? Because I found it fascinating in the poll that the results were a bit all over the place. Yeah. And I think that that really gets at the um, points to the fact that millennials are, this is a real, potentially at least, a real sentiment that they believe in because um <laughs> You, yeah, I mean, the two groups effectively that that's, that were the closest to supporting this, right, again, are Gen Z and millennials. And mm-hmm. uh, and Gen Z, when asked what the what their own support was for, um, like what the dollar figure, I guess, I'm sorry, should be on this. Um, yeah, they they were. Um, I, I think it was more than half. More than half said that they that the amount should be less than a million dollars, um, and something okay. like 38 percent of that uh, group said less than fifty. Um, wow. Millennials, <laughs> yeah, I mean, which, I don't see that testing well. <laughs> well, that's right, and that's I think that gets at the point here. The millennials were, as you said, all over the map. Um, it was like. 15, 16% who said between 100 and $500,000, but 14% mm-hmm. said between 10 million and 50 million, which is probably a far more reasonable cap, right? I, I mean, you know what? I think, I think you can, you can make it on 50 million a year, right? Like <laughs> you think so, right? You can, you can, I mean, you can eat it. You can take your family out at least one night a week with 50 right. million a year. Yeah. You can enjoy a nice meal every now and then, but I mean, a, a wealth cap is never going to be a viable policy position. Let's be, be real here. But, you know, a, a cap on tens of millions per year is way closer than $500,000. And I think the fact that you have Generation Z, which, you know, some of them are just barely out of college. You could make the argument that maybe they don't really know how the real world works yet or something like that. But um, the fact that, that millennials seem to be... Um, you know, saying, yeah, we want to cap wealth, but are so split on what that amount should be yeah. to me suggests that they've, you know, put some, some thought behind this and to, to at least like sit around and go, what is the rational maximum amount that should be like, what is the figure yeah. that if I was asked, I should, I should, should say, you know, whether you agree with it or not, but <laughs> they seem to have thought about it. Well, it's really interesting in your piece, Clint, because you talk about how Gen Z is too young to have worked through modern America's two biggest economic crises, the Great Recession from 2008, um, when the oldest Gen Zers were 11, and then COVID-19, um, where most Gen Zers were college-aged. But I mean, millennials have lived through both of those things. And in reading it, I thought, yeah, but they've, they've also lived through Occupy Wall Street. They've also mm-hmm. lived through Bernie Sanders running for president twice. They've learned, you know, I mean... The 1% and the 99% are now popular fixtures in our discourse back and forth. And it, it seems like, I don't know, millennials and Gen Z have grown up in very different conditions than boomers and Gen X, where their views on capitalism have definitely been sculpted. And they've grown up with the phrase income inequality on the news all the time. I mean, they're approaching this from a very advanced place than our grandparents did. 
Right, right. Yeah, and I, and I think that there's a tendency in society to lump Gen Z and, and millennials together, and not necessarily unfairly every time, but learning, kind of looking at this on my own when I was writing about this, um, showed me the 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 differences that that exist between these two groups um, on the kind of on the career side. You know, you have yeah. you have millennials living through these two economic crises that that Gen Z has not necessarily had to endure um, either of, and or at least one of probably right. Um, mm-hmm. But during the same period of time, millennials, you know, you had like CEO compensation during uh, the millennial lifetime has climbed a thousand percent. The average worker yeah. compensation has climbed like 15, 20% during that same period. And I don't think that that set of circumstances has has ever occurred during another another generation of Americans. So there's all of these kind of unique, like just unique things that have occurred during the millennial um, uh, year, work years that I think yeah. make them especially prone to to going like this is this idea that people that you know uh you should just be allowed to be this unbridled capitalist uh it just doesn't work <laughs> so clint let me ask you to speculate i mean how do you see this evolving i i again i i don't know that this is any kind of guarantee we'll have universal basic income one day or a maximum wage one day but i i do know that they are not going to be playing by the same rules as our parents and grandparents did i mean h- how do you think this is going to evolve that's a great question. And I, you know, I, I, that's one that I was trying to kind of think about myself as I was writing this. And, and yeah. it does seem to be pretty kind of uncharted waters in that sense. So I don't think that I really have even um, uh, a, a prediction that I would put out there. I mean, I think we mm-hmm. see cities, small ones so far, mostly that are that are um, toying with universal income, kind of a minimum um, you know, basic amount that goes out, but the, but that seems to address again the the other end of this. Like nobody seems to be saying, um, you know, the the Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk types of the world should perhaps not be allowed to um, to have you know that much money, that many assets. <laughs> yeah, it's going to happen. I mean, at some point, you know, we can keep on having these billionaires getting richer and richer and richer, and everyone else just having the scraps. We know how that works out historically. At some point, these look, I'm a big fan of anything that scares oligarchs today (laughs) before there's (laughs) violence tomorrow. So but before I let you go, Clint, I'd love to have you back because you have a great, great piece in Fast Company that I'd love to talk about, about Starbucks in China and how Starbucks is now the biggest market ever. Is it is it really true that a new Starbucks opens in China every nine hours? Uh, that is true. That is, um, and it's it increased from from one. It, they've just increased the number of Starbuckses by fifty percent, um, or they have said they're going to increase the number of Starbuckses by fifty percent. So that that used to be one every fifteen hours. Now it's one every nine. Um, um, and, unreal. Yeah, I read it's this a, piece a few months ago, but I just saw you were retweeting it, and it's just it's crazy, and it's, uh, boy, the the communists sure know how to do capitalism right. <laughs> Clint, what is the best way for our listeners to follow you and keep up with your work? Um, I, I guess let's let's say on Twitter. That's probably the best the best way to do it. My handle is is my name, so it's at C L I N T R A I N E Y. Such a pleasure to have you, sir. Please come back anytime. I love what Fast Company does, and I'd love to talk more about what's going on with Starbucks in China because it is fascinating. I hope great. you have a great yeah, evening. Thank, right you. Thank you. Thank you. Quick break. We'll be right back with your calls at eight six six nine nine seven forty seven forty eight. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. I'm John Fugel saying this is Progress After Dark. Rhonda Handsome is going to be joining us right now. Great stand-up comedian, writer, director. She's open for Anita Baker and Diana Ross and Aretha Franklin. She does great solo shows. You can catch her on Politipod, available on SoundCloud. And every Monday night, I get to say it's Tall, Dark, and Handsome Mondays with Rhonda. I'm black, (laughs) y'all. I'm glad that catchphrase works so well for you. I tried it a few times. The the crowds didn't respond well. Rhonda, it's good to see you. Happy Easter. Oh, happy Easter, Ramadan, Passover, you know, with all of those uh, religious holidays happening in the same week, it it really gives people of every sect of of worship the opportunity to attack each other. I I think it's really, it's a wonderful thing. And and speaking of religious sects, I I really am just befuddled by the uh, fake news or I I can't tell what's fake or or real anymore. Last week, I thought the Pope was in a white puffy coat and it turns out he was in the hospital, actually. That's right. It was a fake picture. uh, It was was, was an AI picture of the Pope in the the, puppy coat. And then this week, I could not believe that I saw a video of the Dalai Lama telling a little six-year-old boy to suck his tongue. And I just felt like all of my religious idols have dicks of clay. I mean, it really. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 baffled by it. I mean, I, I don't know what to say. It, it takes nothing away from the struggle of Buddhists and, and what China has done to Tibet. It takes nothing away from the spirituality of Buddhism. But what the Dalai Lama did in that video I it's a deal breaker for me, man. I'm like, you know what? Maybe he doesn't need to die and be reincarnated. Let's just hire a new Dalai Lama. I'll, I'll take I'll take uh, Tyler Perry as Medea to fill out the rest of the term. <laughs> that it was so strange, especially since that happened last month. But it was only going viral uh, this week, and he, he he only apologized this week. And yeah, he sure uh, you did know, apologize. But whew, I mean, uh, wow. It, it was, a, you know, tremendous, really, in the direction of child abuse. But, um, but you know, no, it, it, no, no, it's not. I'm sorry. It's not in the direction of child abuse. It's child abuse for those who don't know. <laughs> and again, I got love for the Dalai Lama. OK, I got a lot of love for the Dalai Lama, a lot of brilliance there. But 
He's, he's in his 80s. He's an older man now. And he was with a boy. Clearly, there were, there were cameras rolling. He knew there were cameras. So something's not right. And he, he and asked this little boy to suck his tongue. It's on tape. Suck it's my tongue. It's on tape with the entire invited audience uh, uh, laughing and 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 applauding applauding it I, I mean you know john i i've heard that uh in during circumcisions that the person during the cutting will actually suck the wound uh, in in that particular I've situation i've heard that as well i've heard and, it as well uh, and <laughs> and in this, i'm going Am, am, am I the am I the one who's creating these these conspiracy theories around you know religious people? Do am I the only one who thinks this is kind of weird? It really well. Is. What's here's what's troubling about it, right? Because I I watched I, I watched the Nexium documentary. You know, I'm I'm friends with Nikki Klein, who was in that cult, and Charmy's all into the Nexium cult. So I watched the whole thing, and one of the most disturbing parts is where the Dalai Lama shows up and just blesses Keith Rainier. And it's like, all right, so they, they had money, probably. They, they Dalai Lama's a busy guy. I'm sure he doesn't get to vet everyone too thoroughly. Because, you know, you make excuses, right? Like someone who's good does something with a bad person, and, that, and that's creepy. But this, I mean, for anyone who's ever suffered and survived childhood sexual abuse, to have his holiness just just ask this clearly uncomfortable child to kiss him, and then suck his tongue. Yes. It's assault. It, it is I, assault. Highly cringeworthy. And uh, and with the shootings, John, you know, you brought up uh, Uvalde uh, again. And, and I remember, you know, that was a, a terrible, terrible mass shooting. And and the police, it took them, what, 90 minutes just to uh, to, to yeah. get through that school door. And, and everywhere Correct. black people were saying, where can I buy that door? Where can I buy that door? Uh, <laughs> 90 minutes to get through. OK. <laughs> and. <laughs> And I'm thinking of this no permit, no training, no, no control, no problem. That's Florida. I, it, That's it, Florida. It, I mean, I mean, concealed carry, no permit, no training. Anyone can do it. Go enjoy. Because as you know, Rhonda, I just got back from Florida this morning. It's only cool, sane, law abiding, chill men in that whole state. <laughs> the, whole, the entire state. Oh, yes. Miami's <laughs> is full of bodhisattvas. Yeah. And uh, and Florida man has a, a perfect reputation. I I I don't understand why uh, Florida is going to make. Uh, and actually, DeSantis is saying like you know this these are the things he would do if he was he was president. It would be national. Uh, I know. And and it's like he wants to make all well, America like Florida. Well, but I, I thought it was only like these gangs, these horrible, you know, organized gangs that, that you know, were going around without uh, shooting practice. They really, you, you know, and, and hitting innocent bystanders. But now with no training, everybody is going to be like a, a gangbanger now. Just a wild, wild west out here for us. Oh, it's horrifying. And by the way, um, you know who went after uh, DeSantis for this? Gavin Newsom. He Because, he, you know, Ron DeSantis signed this law, but he didn't let himself be filmed doing it. He'll brag about it in fundraising, but the new concealed carry law, um, Gavin Newsom said, uh, it's clear evidence that Republicans don't care about our kids. And he said DeSantis is scared because he signed it uh, out of view of the cameras, which is actually completely true. He knows how bad it would look, and he's doing it to play up to people who are already going to vote for him, and he also knows it's going to kill him with the sane American population. 
anybody who has any sense, but I, I feel like so much is being done in the name of fear. I, I feel like the, the whole uh, idea of keeping our history uh, a secret and uh, is is based totally in fear. And uh, it's it really is going to backfire. It really is going to, to backfire on our entire society, especially when it comes to the contributions that Black people have made to, to, to this society, to, to want to act like how we have been treated is only black history it's white history exactly John. thank you for saying that thank you yes yes slavery and jim crow are white history but that's another way of passing the buck Rhonda, we have four thousand people on hold who want to weigh in on everything bring tonight. them on bring you want to talk on. to some folks okay them. we got we got a lot of people out there who want to call in and say hi okay riffraff when you're on with miss Rhonda handsome please please do your best to make your points or your jokes or your digs on me as tight as possible uh jay in north carolina Lino, welcome. Great to have you. Hi, 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 y'all. Um, Hello. So, the you know states with the strictest gun control laws, as you know, have much lower firearm uh, fatality. Yes. So, it's also true that I could go to any one of those states, and I've lived in them, and get a firearm. So, why not have a scenario where you can get a firearm, and you're still able to keep uh, gun mortality rates markedly low? It's not practical. And so your model is far more practical. I just want to uh, well, thank you. You know, mention that. Thank you. I appreciate that. And it, too. Well, there you go. Yeah, I mean. Thank you. Just... We need something. I mean, we've had more mass killings than we've had days in the year, John. This is crazy. It, it, it's, but it's happening because it's acceptable to enough guys. I mean, enough people think this is like Kendall thinks it's acceptable. I mean, we, you know, we have to sell more AR-15s and, and all these slaughters of children with AR-15s by 21-year-olds who are emotionally unstable and, and are given a weapon that can just mow down 100 people in a minute. It's the price yep. we have to pay. It's freedom. It doesn't happen in other countries, only here. It's the price we have to pay because we're special. Yeah, it's bullshit. And, and there's and more there's of us than there are in there. Totally. A lot of it's fear-based. They, they're afraid people are going to take away their guns. I'm more fearful that, you know, uh, you know nine-year-olds are going to get cut down. Same with me, man. Absolutely. God bless. I completely agree. And again, you know, this is the view of the majority of Americans, but the money is on the other side. Yeah. And a lot of Democrats are terrified to touch this issue until another mass shooting and more dead kids. And then a few of them will talk yeah. about it. But eventually, well, I, I that's think, Jen, pretty sickening I think everyone's, everyone's going to have to know someone who dies by gunfire before anything changes. I, I've come to The Democrats are dragging their feet on this. And it, it's like, so reactive that it's almost on a loop that that they're they're not going to do anything but offer thoughts and prayers mm -hmm. yeah that's what Absolutely. it is um, we just had this happen in north carolina by the way i'm originally from where you guys are but we just had this happen in north carolina we have a great governor they just had a supermajority, so they'll overrode right. his veto they can write yeah, over, but that's that's be veto. and what did they do to that woman how did they get that woman who ran as a pro-choice pro-lgbt democrat to flip parties, essentially give the finger to everyone back home who centered the, the legislature and, and give them the supermajority. I mean, are mm -hmm. people in your state freaked out about this? It's so dirty. I'm sure. Yeah. You know, this is a purple state and I came down here to make it more purple. Right on. So, Doing, my brother did too. My brother moved to that state for the same reason. Yeah, he lives in this area, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's changing. 
But she santo she santotized uh, the state legislature is what she did. You've been desanticized. <laughs> Jay, thank you very, very much. It's good to hear from you. Thank you. Let me go to Aaron in the great state of Massachusetts. Aaron, you're on with Rhonda Handsome. Hello. Hi, Rhonda. Hi, John. Um, Hi. Just just a couple of uh, just a couple of thoughts. First of all, there's an election in 2024, and so let's look forward and just say, okay, maybe Biden and Trump, maybe Biden and DeSantis. And I haven't heard this question asked or answered before, but are are conservatives happy or comfortable? Are they comfortable with the fact that are with maybe uh, Camilla Harris presiding over the count and deciding which states to count and which states to throw out. So what if, what if Camilla Harris throws out Texas and Florida and, I don't know, some other uh, North Dakota? Would, would yep. that be okay? Because it was okay for... It was okay, it was okay for, if uh, Mike Pence did it. Uh-huh. I, I think I know the answer, Aaron. Um, I think I know the answer. So, well, and she have that power. She is a woman. She's a black woman. And can she have that power to do that? Because I'd be interested in that. That, may, that means that there should be never uh, should be never anything but a Democrat in the executive branch. <laughs> well, do you remember you remember what, what the Republicans did when Barack Obama tried to nominate a Supreme Court justice during a presidential yeah, election year? And they said, we can't ever allow that to happen, uh, even though there's no rule saying that. Moving the goalposts a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Until, until they completely flipped it and said, no, we're going to do it. Fuck you, because we can. So, yeah, they believe nothing <laughs> except in their own power and they will lie and swindle to get there. That's really. Well, it. I'm com- I'm comfortable with their rules. If they want to, if they want to continue those rules, I'm comfortable with those rules to the end of the end of time. <laughs> I'm not. I'm as as, I, as fun as it. As fun as it would be to see Kamala Harris make these people clutch their pearls and have a seizure, uh, no. Uh, I don't like the Electoral College to begin with, and I don't like this false elector scheme that Donald Trump and his flunkies cooked up, and I would I would still hate it if a Democrat did it. It would still be wrong. Right. And, and yes. just one or two other, one other quick thing. Go quick. The PSLF program, the Public Service Loan Forgiveness. Yes. It's, a, it's an ugly program nobody wants to talk about, but up until six years ago, I used to read every magazine about it, and I am part of that program. And I used to read every magazine about it, and they said, although this is a program, nobody has ever been forgiven anything from, the, from this program. Biden resurrected that program and fixed yeah. that program, and I received a forgiveness of $350,000 recently. So I'm, I sent all of my kids to college, all four of my kids, to really good schools, and their net earnings are probably in the millions right now. So I'm proud of them and everything, but is the government not, I mean, any, any, anybody's going to say, Oh, you got the free gifts. So of course you love Biden, but isn't anybody going to think about the math? Have I not put four or five or four wage earners in the yes. system that are going to easily pay back that yes. $350,000? Have I not enriched the system by doing that? Is that not a good program? It's a great program. It's paying it forward and it's stimulating local economies. Yes, sending your kids to college is good for the economy and it's good for them and it's good for we need to send more kids to college if they want to go. Yes. And you got to send me an application for that program, Kara Serious. And can you adopt Rhonda and I and send us to school as well for free? Is that po- is it too late to ask about? There's an application fee? 
there's no application fee. Just getting, you have to work for the government or a nonprofit. It also forces people to work for the government or nonprofits, which is also a good thing for America. That's great. I don't know anything bad about it, and, except that Biden is not standing on top of saying, look, at this is what I've done. He's done it for No, I agree. It, it's, like, it's like we need to have a Peace Corps for public service for this country. I mean, yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. National service my fun, yep, works. My, my final thing, I, I want you to debate Trump someday, but I don't think he'll ever come on your show. He will but not come my on my show. What would he call you, uh, Rhonda? What do you think you would call John as a nickname that he gives every person that he has to debate? Would it be, would it be Little John, Big John? Like, uh, I, I'm just curious what your I'm nickname. taller than he is, sir. <laughs> I, I, it would be, my last name already begins with F-U, so I think he could have some fun with this one. Okay, he could go. He could take you apart. All right, I just, I yeah. just wanted to throw that out there. Okay, I'll leave you alone, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't leave us alone. Call back anytime. Thank you, Heron. Nice people. Rhonda, we get nice ones. And Kendall, I know, I know. Yeah. I, but, you know, it, it amazes me that nobody ever says that Kamala is the first Asian vice president of the Never. United States. Well, I hear it a bit. I hear a bit. I hear AAPI a bit with Kamala. I do. Yeah, well, you know, that's I think of her as our first uh, Asian VP. And uh, and she's you know, she's not black just because she carries collard greens through the airport. You know, <laughs> Do you view Barack Obama as our first black president or our first mixed race president or both? I, I look at him as our first uh, one of one of our, our many half white presidents. <laughs> <laughs> well, in fairness, Obama identifies as black. I don't know if, if uh, Vice President Harris does. So, yeah, I think he uh, yeah. identifies as mixed. Well, there we go. Let me go to Lance in New Orleans. Hi, Lance. Welcome. You're on Sirius XM. Good evening. How you doing, John? Can you hear me? Hey. I'm on YouTube. We hear you great. OK. OK. Um. I'm calling because, first of all, I can't believe one more for Rhonda here. It's an honor, ma'am. Big honor to talk to you. Oh, yes, thank bow down you. to the queen. Well, bow to the queen. I'm bowing. Trust me. Nobody's asked <laughs> the main, nobody's asked the simple question of these gun control, people who don't want gun control. What like like um, Raphael Cancun Cruz. I'll call him by Raphael, his real name. He changed <laughs> his name to sound more American. He did. Just like Bobby Jindal changed his name. Just like Willard Romney changed it to Mitt to be less creepy. <laughs> but let's just ask these manholes, how much would it cost us on our side of the aisle who want gun control for a man who does have an AR-15? And guess what? I embarrassed that I did buy it. I almost turned okay. around and went back and bought it and asked to get my money back. But then I realized if I did that, somebody else would have came in and bought it. I'm trying okay. to find a way to destroy it and hang it on my wall with a sign that says, this thing would never fire in anger. But I want nice. to be sure to where nobody can break in my house and they steal it and we put it back together. Every time I try to bring it to a welder or something like that, they say, no, they don't want to do it. Rhonda, I love so. this man. He's making art. He's turning he's turning murder weapons into art. And I, I kind of love it. It's great. I can I see a whole line of earrings. Um, you should actually buy this. more AR-15s and turn them all into art like this and then really make a killing in the art world. I'm not rich, so but let's just well, ask how much would it cost? There's liberal there's liberals that would pay for that kind of shit to hang on their mansion walls, trust me. <laughs> but shouldn't we just ask how much would it cost for us to buy them off? And we do a scope for me program or something to raise the money. Yeah. Well that's I mean that I mean, Australia did a gun buyback. Australia banned them and paid people to turn them in. I'm sure not oh, everyone did turn them in, but Australia hasn't had a mass shooting in twenty five years. Go look at um Jim Jeffrey's gun control. It's great. It's, it's a great. You ever seen Jim Jeffries bit on gun control, Rhonda? It took an Australian no. to really nail it. Oh, it's really it's good. Two parts. You got to watch it in two parts. Yeah. It's he, funny he, as hell. He got his Comedy Central show up for that one bit. It's great. Lance, you're a gentleman. Thank you. And Cyber John's a long time since I called and talked to you. 
because you went to nights and I, work, I used to listen to you during the day. I know. I'm starving. Hey, it's I, all good. I mean, and plus, I'm, I'm sick right now, so it's hard for me to talk. So I'm going to stop talking. To the then it means all the more that you call. Listen, I love anytime anyone who used to listen to us when we were civilized in the daytime stays up late and calls us. You can always listen to us on demand or on the app at the podcast uh, in the daytime as well. Thank you, sir. It's good to hear from you. Stay well. Get healthy. 866-997-GRIT. Rhonda, where are you playing? You have any shows coming up? Yeah, I'll be at Levity Live in Nyack, New York on the 21st. I want people to come out and see That's me. That's a great I'll, room. I love I'll that room. I'll be slinging jokes there. Yeah, yeah. Sling away. Let me go to Brad calling from the beautiful state of Texas. Hello, Brad. Welcome. Hi, Brad. Hi, John. How are you? Great. Good evening. Um, so I and my wife are discussing the uh, Clarence Thomas situation. Yeah. And, and while... Everyone tells us, everyone's quoting this, that they, they don't have any ethics. They're not supporting to, they're not reporting to the normal judge's ethics. Clarence Thomas is a federal employee, is he not? Mm-hmm. Yes, he is, with no oversight, but yes, he is. Uh, there are laws. I know there are going to be laws, and I don't know what they are, but I know there are going to be laws about gifts and hospitality and reporting. In my corporate life, those were one of the things that I ended up having to, to review for British Telecom here in the U.S. Oh. So I am dead certain that there are laws around that or rules inside DOJ, if not inside the federal government. And Clarence Thomas is a federal employee. Clarence and Thomas says that he was advised there was no need to report these lavish trips and gifts he took for years with a mega donor Harlan Crow. He said he had no idea he did anything wrong and he'll do it right in the future. He said this sort of personal hospitality from the close personal friends was not something they needed. But today we found out Harlan Crow, the Republican billionaire and mega donor who just likes to give Clarence Thomas all kinds of free yacht trips and skiing weekends just for being special, has a collection of Adolf Hitler artifacts and Nazi memorabilia on display at his home. So that's why it's hilarious, because all last week, Thomas was just saying this man is just my close personal friend. It's nothing inappropriate. We're friends. Friends do things together. Now, oh, your friend's got a Nazi fetish. <laughs> Own it, Clarence. <laughs> and I thought they were just getting together to play Django. That is so <laughs> But the thing I'm asking for anyone to be able to give you guys info on, and then us, hopefully us, Tell is... Me. If I were Chris Ray and I accepted these types of gifts and never reported them, mm -hmm. what would be my punishment? You'd be fired. I, I think we have to look at everybody who's on the court now, because if he's been getting away with this kind of stuff for for years, I, I think there's, you know, there's a there's a lot of grifting under those those robes. I but think I there's agree. a we lot have going to. on. Look, if Elena oh, Kagan did it, the then then kick her scheme. out, too. But my, my, my whole thing the is this, though. It's just but, but Brad, who's the oversight? Is it John Roberts? Who who would fire him? Who would give a Supreme Court justice the pink slip? Congress would have to vote to, to kick him out. That'll never happen. John Roberts isn't going to do it. What other kinds of uh, that, that's what I'm asking about, because I don't know the laws of that section. He's still a mm. federal employee. If he yeah. if he accepts gifts and hospitality without reporting it. What is the punishment now? Obviously might be fired, but in some cases, is there any criminal liability? Well, I think there has to be. But again, it has to be impeachment. The Constitution says that, that justices hold their offices during good behavior. Um, they can only be removed from office by impeachment. Clarence Thomas has, of course, reached that point. I think he did years ago. He, he could be impeached. It won't happen because I'm pretty sure Clarence Thomas could eat a baby on TV and the Republicans still wouldn't impeach him.
but that's uh, the only way. Well, maybe a slap yeah, on the wrist. But I, I mean, who's been paying Kavanaugh's debts off? Uh, I mean, why they, won't anyone ask? We don't know because there's no oversight for the Supreme Court. Good times. Well, uh, uh, I think I need to start a petition. To <laughs> <laughs> Brad, go ahead. He may. It just takes. It, in my opinion, it takes an, an attorney general with enough nuts to arrest him. Well, that's another option. Thing, I don't know if you can arrest with, the Supreme Court, Trump. but he'd have, have to. He'd have to arrest him. But he'd have to commit a. He'd have to commit a, a, a crime greater than bribery to be arrested by the DOJ. So I, I don't know what the alternative is other than making him very famous for corruption and hanging him over the GOP's head and fundraising off it. Because I don't know how you get rid of him. They don't care. They don't care. Do Clarence Thomas. Just like that. Yeah, but, they just don't care. I mean, Clarence Thomas could have, you could have photographs of Clarence Thomas wearing Nazi memorabilia and they still wouldn't impeach him. I totally agree. Yeah. Good times. And it would be looked at as another electronic much, lynching of him, John. I oh, I know. I, I really feel like they can't really come against him without going through the entire Supreme Court. Yeah, you're right. Hey, speaking of the entire Supreme Court, let me bring on the person I think should replace the last four justices with one seat. Stephen in Kentucky, I got about two minutes. <laughs> the floor is yours. Uh, yes. How are you all this evening? Hey, Better Stephen. now. Um, I'm sure you heard about the shooting this afternoon. I live in Louisville. I actually, and I wanted to report we have another casualty. There's been uh, another there casualty. Yeah, there was a woman that just, she was 57 years old, and she had, had lived over in Indiana, but she commuted to Louisville. And she Deanna was, Eckert. Deanna Eckert, yeah, she, she just is, uh, died at the hospital this afternoon, according to the Louisville Metro Police Department. Well, and as a matter of fact, I know uh, through other friends, one of the casualties, actually, he and I uh, had mutual friends on Facebook, so it was... Uh, oh, I'm so sorry. My sister actually worked down the street from that bank, and they were plotting to go after their bank too but they were thwarted this afternoon from doing that thank heaven this but I know one person was uh, planning on going after a bunch of banks that's horrifying go ahead they, they were actually there was another shooting that occurred rachel maddow reported at a college about a couple blocks down the road that was another killing that had happened and i know yeah it was just it was very there was a woman that lived actually in the condominiums right across from that building and she said that her door was closed and she could still hear the gunshots. I've been in that building several times, and I knew I knew that building from somewhere. And I can honestly say that when I was in there before, it was a little bit more new. I know I never went into the bank part. I, I didn't at all. But, you know, what they don't seem to understand, that guy that called earlier, uh, Kendall, my, my former lover. We share two sir, children together, so I, I it's, it's awkward to talk about. Yeah. To you, sir. Well, first of all, he talks about this gun control thing. Nowhere does it say that a psychopath has the right to own a firearm. And I'm sorry, Correct. a law-abiding citizen does not have the right to own a military-style assault weapon. You I agree with you. With a handgun, for heaven's I, sake. On that, that note, Stephen, I got to run, but you, are, you win the night. Thank you so much. 